This is Vincent Varvel. Hey, are you here? <laughs> well, today we're going to take that involuntary, subtle nodding of your head as affirmation. So, welcome to The Paul Leslie Hour. Now, today we've got a short interview from our radio archives with Vincent Barbell. Now, this was way, way back in January 2008. Your host, Paul, made a visit to chat with guitar sensation Vincent Barbell. Now, with a degree in jazz performance... Composer Varvel now teaches jazz guitar at Washington University in St. Louis. Wash you, uh-huh. And Vincent Varvel is recorded, performed, and written with a great number of artists, including Sarah Cloud, Mark Holland of Autumn's Child, and was even a member of the Peter Mayer Group. Uh, yeah. Paul was inspired to do this interview with Vincent Barbell after listening to Vincent's solo album, Pictures and Postcards, on the Little Flock music label. He released a few more albums since then, and you can check him out at www.vincentvarvel.com. Real quick, I gotta remind you, we have many, many, many more interviews like this, and we need to get them out there. They're from the past 20 years. You can help give yourself and others the gift of stories. Simply visit www.thepaulleslie.com support. And we thank you for supporting independent media and the spoken word. Now, let's listen in together. Let's hear things from the Vincent Barville perspective. Original, tasteful, thought-provoking. First of all, on behalf of the listening audience, we'd like to welcome Mr. Vincent Varvel to our show. Oh, thanks for having me. You began your interest in music very early in your life. Can you remember what sparked your interest in music? My mom was a pianist, and she sang, so there was always music around the house. My middle sister is 10 years older than I am. So when I was around eight, she went to college and she was she studied to be a music teacher and, and actually just retired from being a music teacher. Because she was a music major, she had to take listening classes, you know, music history classes and that sort of thing. So she was always bringing recordings home and playing recordings. So I got exposed to a pretty wide range of music at an early age. And then, you know, of course, just listening to the pop music that was on the radio. That's what happened when I was younger. And then my mother had me take piano lessons and clarinet lessons, probably some other things that I'm forgetting when I was when I was younger. And I was always taking music lessons through grade school. So that was my earliest development there. What prompted you to pick up the guitar? Going to my first rock concert <laughs> when I was 15 or so. And I actually started playing bass, bass guitar, before I played guitar then just decided to switch to guitar. And I taught myself when I was in high school. I think having all the music in my background helped me do that, and I had a pretty good ear, so I could sit with a record and listen to it and imitate it and kind of plunk around on the guitar, sort of make it sound like what was on the record, and then I just kind of whittled it away from there. I had no interest in guitar until seeing a rock concert is what did it for me. 
Just out of curiosity, what was the concert? Well, it's, this might surprise you, but the concert was Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you remember that band. And the only reason, I had no idea who Blue Oyster Cult was, but I was a big fan of a band called Nectar, if you if you remember them. They were a German band, kind of a progressive rock band, that had a little bit of popularity in the 70s. And they were the opening act. So that's who I thought I was going to see. I didn't know who Blue Oyster Cult was. It turned out to be a Blue Oyster Cult concert, and Nectar only played for about a half hour or something. Well, kind of jumping across genres here, you actually have a degree in jazz performance. What about jazz grabbed you? I think the ability, the idea that you could improvise in such a sophisticated way. There's a music store up up near where I grew up that I worked at, and this name might ring a bell to you, a guitar player named Tim Reynolds, who you know, works with Dave Matthews, did those records with Dave Matthews, grew up nearby to the music store. And he used to come in and he would try out guitars and I had never heard anybody play like this. He was playing jazz. He was playing like the guitarist Joe Pass. He was a big fan of Joe Pass, among other things. So hearing somebody play like that and improvise in that way, and it was it was really fascinating to me. And he was actually the first guitar teacher I ever had. I was wondering if you could tell us, out of all the different styles of guitar, I know there's so many, but just overall, who were a few of your biggest influences? I mean, if, if you want to go in chronological order for me, in my in my high school rock guitar player days, I would say Jimmy Page, and even more so Steve Howe from Yes. Still love that band, and I loved what he did. He was always so creative and adventurous. And then when I started to get into jazz, from a guitar perspective, Joe Pass was an early influence, Pat Metheny, who was kind of on the other end of the spectrum as far as jazz music. Guitarist John Schofield was a big early influence. Guys like that. But in in the world of jazz, I've really been more influenced by other instrumentalists, pianists like Bill Evans, Keith Jarrett, Chick Corea. I don't have any names that would really surprise anyone who knows a little bit about jazz. But I, I always felt like a, a pianist is a little freer. You can do more on a piano. So if you as a guitar player, listen and imitate what a piano does. You can sort of expand the range of what's normally thought that can be done on the guitar. You have an album on the Little Flock music label called Pictures and Postcards. There are quite a few songs on there that really got stuck in my head, and the one that's my personal favorite is Postcards. So I was wondering what was the inspiration behind that song? Being on the road as I was at the time that I wrote all that music, you get a lot of time in a hotel room to kind of diddle around on the guitar. That piece, actually, what came first was, was the accompaniment. If you listen in the background, there's kind of an ostinato, uh, a repeating rhythm figure on the guitar and then add some chords to it. And then I wanted to take a figure like that, make it a little more atmospheric, for lack of a better word, you know, add some texture to it. That's the only song on the, on the album that was co-written, and, uh, and Pete Mayer actually helped me out with the melody on that one. So I have to give him a lot of credit on that. I think he wrote the first half of the melody. Came up with a real beautiful nylon string guitar melody for it. So speaking of Peter Mayer, how did yeah. you meet Peter? He grew up in St. Louis, as I did. He was he was in bands a bit before I was, you know, playing around the clubs. So I would hear him play in clubs a bit. We both worked for this crazy wedding band contractor, and so we ended up on some wedding gigs together. 
I liked his direction in music a whole lot. We kind of had a compatible voice, so we started working together a little bit. I mean, the whole history of us working together was that there was a band, as you probably know, called PM that was doing a lot of stuff. And Pete wanted to do some things apart from PM. And so we got together in my little apartment and I had my little studio up there and he had a whole bunch of song ideas. And and we kind of put them down up there. He kind of liked the the little things that I could add to his songs. I could always understand what he wanted to. His music's a little bit different than... Since we have a similar set of influences going back to ECM label jazz and some of the rock influences that we had, I could always kind of get what he wanted from a background part. On Peter's new album, Still in One Piece, you have a co-write called Good Medicine. I was wondering if you could tell us about that song. (laughs) I would love to tell you about that song, but that song was written quite a while ago. There was a while there, again, while we were on the road, that we would be in a hotel room or somebody's house where we were staying, and he would have an idea and and bounce it off me. I would help him out with it. But that one was written so long ago that I don't remember much about it, and I haven't heard the album yet. I just got a copy in the mail a bit ago, and I haven't had time to open it and listen to it. But but I do, I remember the hook a little bit. What I can say is that that song came about the way all the songs that we co-wrote came about, where he would come in with an idea and maybe he'd be stuck on a bridge or want a little bit of a different chord progression or new guitar part or something, and, and so we'd play around with it. Do you anticipate touring with Peter again? That would be up to him. He he wanted to make the change in instrumentation to start using a keyboard player and and sometimes not anybody so that would be that would be his call. On your album, Pictures and Postcards, yeah. is there any song in particular that is a favorite of yours? You mentioned Postcard. I like that one quite a bit. The song She Spoke to Me of Angel is one that I I still actually play that one on gigs. That one really stuck with me. I like the chords in that one and the melody. They were all part of a group of songs that, that I don't I don't even often separate one from another. I mean some of them I like a little better, but Foreign Movie is another one that I like quite a bit. When someone hears you performing or when they listen to your recording, what is it that you hope the listener gets out of the experience? I hope they appreciate the musicianship because anybody, anytime I play live, I make sure I put a good band together. I hope they get the same kind of feeling that I get when I hear a great band where you're moved emotionally and and that can happen in any any number of ways. The music can make you sad or it can lift your spirits or or it can, you know, just make you feel good to have a good groove. And hopefully the music can make them think a little bit, you know, make them make them think deeper into themselves. Given that this broadcast is going all, all over the world, what would you like to say to the world? Be good to each other. Very good. We thank you and appreciate you dropping in for the Paul Leslie Hour today. You know, you can help the Paul Leslie Hour in our mission to provide independent media content like this by visiting www.thepaulleslie.com support. We truly thank you. This is your announcer speaking. Performance of the Entertainer intro song and Corina Corina outro song, courtesy of John Primerano. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, be safe. <laughs>
and be good.